0: Welcome to the Cedar House Church Sermon of the Week. Our desire is to remain in God's presence, explore His passions, and supply tools that serve and inspire our city. And We thank the worship team. Those guys get here early and um, just sew so in. It's, it, it literally show up at like 7 o'clock practice throughout the week sometimes just really cool i'm so thankful for everything uh that they do so um man we've got so much fun stuff going on you guys feel the ac today it's working <laughs> last week was a little hot um this is why we really need uh your tithes and offerings so it's not <laughs> freezing i mean so it's not we're not sweating in here I'm, I'm being funny but uh yeah we got the ac fixed kind of fun announcement you guys will pray for this at the end of the service but um, we were re-updating the lease with the landlord here, and we're going to get that six-unit. Those <laughs> you didn't know, that that's 1,200 square feet at the six-unit that we haven't had before, and hopefully tomorrow morning we nail that down and we get that unit, and it was a very favorable price. Um, and so that's all for the kids. And so right now when you walk in, you drop your kid off, and kind of the littles go here and the bigs go there. It's going to be this whole, I guess it would be 2,000 square feet just for the kids. Isn't that cool? The uh, – <laughs> for the – for the youth group as well, youth group meets on Thursday night. They've done that twice. And um, it's just fun to have all that kind of open space uh, for, for them to do youth stuff. They've been doing it in here and they're gonna have their own spot. And so it's just really cool. All, all of these announcements and stuff that we do is just opportunity for everyone to get connected. We really want people to function in a high level of community here. And so we just create outlets or, you know, time frames for people to connect. And so please, uh, please connect. Uh, Last announcement: um, s- uh, This Tuesday night, as I said on that video, um, is the first true Tuesday night men's group, and that's going to be at Paul's house down Houchetou. If you have any questions on that, get with me or get with Paul Brown or Dave, the guy was just holding the mic. If if you're new here, and bi-weekly on Tuesday nights we're going to meet um, as as men um, and just do manly things. <laughs> uh, don't know i'm trying to figure out what that is when i figure it out i'll let you know but um, just going to be a great time to connect um, if you can't make the thursday morning men's time so again just opportunities um, i'll say one thing as people are looking for their chairs we are we're the church if everyone showed up at the same time uh, we would be short a tremendous amount of seats this is a good church problem to have so we're excited about it. we have ordered 50 more chairs uh, we can fit like 20 here more here and we're going to by the end of the year we're going to tear down this wall and you know, add about 30 seats so if you walk in and you can't find a seat uh in the future hopefully we'll have a seat for everybody you guys with me yeah. small small church problems these are these are good problems to have when we meet together as a leadership team having not enough seats is always a good thing you know and how how can we expand for the youth group so we're just super super excited about everything that god's doing hey hey go tigers How many of you watched (laughs) the game yesterday? Come on. That's what I'm talking about. uh, Our quarterback's going to win the Heisman. And uh, we're going all the way. We're going to beat Alabama. Uh, We're going to fast and pray against Nick Saban. (laughs) If you don't like LSU football, I'm contemplating making the one rule of Cedar House. You can't come to church here if you don't like LSU football. I'm really fasting and praying into it about this. No, I'm just kidding. Uh, We we love LSU football. Stacy, my wife played soccer at LSU. So uh, LSU is just a part of who we are. And we love it so much. So I made the joke last week, I moved to the West Coast for five years. And I left thinking the people in Baton Rouge are crazy. There's so much more to life than LSU football. Uh, And then I've come back for six years, and I've realized there's nothing more important than LSU football. (laughs) So uh, we bleed purple and gold at my house. To be honest, it's not really true. I do. Uh, my wife thinks I'm crazy and I'm not even like, I don't even know the play. Like I couldn't tell you like the defensive lines names or anything. I just enjoy the atmosphere, you know, and my wife (laughs) thinks I'm crazy. Um, if you put all of our marital problems on the table, everything's fine. When you throw LSU football in the middle of it, all the dynamics just come up. No, we need to go tailgating. we got to watch the game, all this stuff. I'm being funny. We just love LSU football. Well, uh, go Tigers, right? You guys our 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 local economy thrives when LSU wins. All right, I'm done talking about LSU football. All right, do you have a, uh, a message on my heart. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to jump in so we can maybe do some prophetic stuff at the end and, and some ministry stuff. Um, just want to lay some groundwork here. Um, I know some of you are new, which I'm thankful that you're here. Welcome to Cedar House. Thanks for spending time with us. Um, I'm, I'm about to give a sermon that could be really misunderstood um, around the concept of money. This, this what I'm about to talk about has nothing to do with money. It all has to do with your connection with God and your internal world, and that manifests sometimes when money is actually a part of it. So if you hear anything I say today that has to do with you are more spiritual if you have more money or spirituality is equated to resources, I misspoke or you didn't hear me right. That is not what I'm saying. I do not believe in the prosperity gospel that... Uh, that equates the more money you have means you're more spiritual. I don't believe that. But I do believe that when you posture your heart towards God with what I'm about to talk about today, he, it does attract resources for you to be able to accomplish everything that God has put on your heart. Sound good? Yeah. Big disclaimer at the beginning. My iPad's messing up. No notes today. We'll go with it. That's all right. Um, how many of you remember where you were when 9-11 happened? Isn't that crazy? It's one of those moments, I know 9-11 just came where it's like, man, the world stopped turning, the Alan Jackson song, Um, and it it literally did. If you are, you know, in our age group or older, you remember where you were, I remember what I was wearing, I remember exactly where I was, and everything changed in a moment. So I was a freshman at LSU, did I tell you I like LSU football? (laughs) Um, I was a freshman at LSU in my dorm And I woke up, actually my roommate woke me up and he turned it on. And and at the time I had no context for what was taking place. I had no idea uh, the severity of it. I didn't know what the Twin Towers were to be honest with you. And uh, when it took place, I could just feel the air was different. Like I walked outside and everything was just different. And I was even uneducated about it. And I go to my sociology class at 7.30 uh, on campus and my professor was up there. It was one of those large classrooms, like 300 people. And he was distraught. It was obvious that he was like everything, this is not okay. He was kind of antsy and pacing. And he was probably the only adult in the room that knew the severity of what was happening. And he he said to us, he said, everything just changed. Everything just changed. And and it did. All of society, everything shifted in that moment. And there's only a couple of those moments in one's life where that level of shift takes place. And I don't mean to minimize 9-11, but in my own spiritual walk with god what i'm going to talk to you about today was literally that big of a shift in my life i want to talk to you today about moving from the poverty mindset and moving into a wealth mindset Uh, about 10 years ago i knew where i was i knew the book i was reading i knew what i was wearing where i was staring when god showed me that i was functioning as an orphan with a poverty mindset and now he wanted to take me from functioning in a poverty mindset and moving into a sonship uh, concept where it's living with a wealth mindset. I grew up, it's no one's fault, I didn't grow up actually in uh, poverty from a money standpoint, but I had poverty of heart and I had poverty of mind, and I was so entrenched into what today I'm calling the poverty mindset that it has taken me The past 10-12 years to get out of that and try my best to get into a place where I call a wealth mindset and I'll just kind of share a little bit about the journey and share some things that I've learned along that path and when that day happened for me I'm still in process with it everything shifted I, I literally remember looking at trees and it was different like everything was different when I realized that I was functioning as an orphan so here's the thing when I talk about the poverty mindset what I'm talking about is, is a heart posture and a mindset where you think in terms of lack. You think uh, as a victim. You think things aren't going to work out. Um, you don't actually trust God that things are going to work out well for you. And when you function from this place, it manifests in your life, and everything around you is, is hurt because you're functioning in this poverty mindset. The other option that we get to walk in is what we call the wealth mindset. The wealth mindset is where we trust God. We know that our stewardship will bring about more resources. We, we function from a place of victory, and we know that God has good things for us because we're sons and daughters of God. And part of the Christian life is just amazing that God's given us a free will, and you get to choose which one you want to function in. So if you could just, just track with me here. So we have the poverty mindset, and we have a wealth mindset. Well, the reality is it doesn't have anything to do with poverty versus wealth. It has to do with are you functioning as an orphan or are you functioning as a son? Are you functioning as someone who uh, does not know God the Father or as a father? Or are you functioning as someone who fully understands and knows that God is your father? And depending on where you are on that spectrum, is, uh, the, in the relations to resources and sometimes money, how that manifests in your life comes out whether you're functioning in poverty or wealth. So like I said, it has nothing to actually do with resources. It has to do with your heart's posture, knowing if you're a son and daughter of God or knowing if you're functioning in poverty. Listen, Jesus came and did all this awesome stuff. How many of you are thankful for Jesus? I am so thankful we're on this side (laughs) of the cross. I'm I'm so thankful for the New Testament and the new covenant that we're in. But but here's the truth. If you narrow down everything that Jesus did, literally everything, it falls under this one banner of truth, is that Jesus came to reveal a father. Jesus came to reveal God the father. Jesus came to reveal to us his dad. Uh, For those of you who don't know scripture all that well, Jesus would actually call him daddy or dada. Uh, I love the example of Jesus actually starts telling the disciples about his father's house, and he's got room for everybody. And you remember being a kid, like, no, my parents have, like, the best snacks. <laughs> like, no, no, my parents let us, what, you know, stay up 30 minutes later. Like, Jesus is just like, I just, he just loves his dad. It, he never found his identity outside of his dad. He came to reveal a perfect father. And he wants us to experience the same thing. So listen, if Jesus came to reveal the father, what is our highest example of walking in sonship? Jesus. So, so you gotta, you got to stay with me here. Think about this, everything Jesus did was in perfect alignment as a son, as a daughter of the father. He behaved as though he had a heavenly father who was perfect and led him perfectly all the time. Now in the context of resources, I just wanna depict a couple stories from the life of Jesus so we can just start talking about this mindset. Okay, Jesus not once, there is not one example of Jesus coming upon a situation and thinking there's not enough, ever. We do not have an example in his life where he came upon a moment and thought, there's not enough, I can't bring a solution. Let me give you an example. There's not one story of Jesus seeing a blind man and saying, I'm really sorry that there's not enough anointing. I'm really, my father doesn't have enough healing power. I, I'm just sorry, you're going to have to stay blind. Not one story. Jesus is functioning from this place where he knows that he's tapped into his father's unlimited resources. He never thought in quantity it was unlimited. This, I'm telling you, if you can catch what I'm saying, this will literally change everything about your life. Every situation that he viewed, he never thought in lack. He knew there was always more. Um, The story of the fish and the loaves, it's told four different times in the Gospels. They come up on a scene, there's different stories, there's four different accounts of it, but three to 12,000 people. And the disciples are thinking in a logical mindset. And they say, Jesus, uh, w- a pastoral moment, we don't want these people to you know, uh, be hungry or be faint, um, but, but we can't feed them, this will take nine months' wages. They're thinking in a logical human mindset. And, and now it's Jesus' turn. And he says, Bring me those loaves and fish. And he multiplies the fish and he feeds 5,000 people. Jesus wasn't thinking in a logical mindset. Jesus was thinking in unlimited resources. Jesus didn't think, Yeah, you're right. This isn't going to work. There's not enough food. There's not enough. Oh no, what are we going to do? Wh- what's he tapped into? There's unlimited res- resources. He's functioning as a son with a wealth mindset. Crazy part about that story, those of you may know it. The disciples say, hey, Jesus, uh, we got to send him away. What are we going to do? And his first response is, you feed him. And he didn't say, go get your nine-month wages. What he was saying is, you see how I'm functioning? You see how I'm thinking about this? I want you to start thinking like that. I want you to start thinking in a wealth mindset that you have unlimited resources available to you that you can do what I've been doing. I love that about Jesus. He didn't just do something for show and tell. He did it as an invitation for us to participate. He did it as an invitation for us to continue down this path. There's this really crazy Jesus story. He's in a meeting like this. And uh, he's heal Everyone who gets around him gets healed. So you just got to think about it. If you had a sick child, if I heard in China there was a man who had a 100% healing ratio. And I had a sick child, I'd fly to China. You guys with me? Like, okay, if you touch this guy, your cancer is immediately gone away. So there's just throngs of humans around Jesus. People can't get in. I don't know how big the sanctuary was that he was in. Probably people, have you ever seen a Heidi Baker conference? It was probably like that, just humans laying on the floor everywhere. And these two guys have a paralyzed friend. And they think, okay, we got to get him in. Uh, What I'll do is I'm going to cut a hole in the roof during the service, and lower our friend down, and maybe he'll get healed. So uh, imagine me talking, and someone starts coating a hole in the roof (laughs) and lowering a guy down. Now, I'm going to be honest. I'm going to be thinking, this is going to cost (laughs) $30,000. Are these people lost their mind. Jesus doesn't think like that. He goes, hey, your faith has healed you, and his friend was healed. Listen, Jesus wasn't functioning from a church budget. He's functioning from his father's budget. He never thought in quantity. He always thought in unlimited resources. And he wants you and I to think the same way. Would you like to think like that? Okay, we are invited into this relationship with God to think and be a son and daughter just like Jesus. I'm going to read this um, scripture for you in Galatians. This is really powerful. Boom. Okay, this is Galatians 4, 4 through 7. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Okay. Uh, Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child... God has made you also an heir. Okay, if this, this is the Bible, so it's true. This is literally what it's saying. God has a spirit of adoption. I don't know how to explain that. I'm just telling you what the Bible says. A spirit of adoption picked you up as an orphan and placed you into being a son or daughter of God. You are no longer an orphan, you are picked up. And you are now a son and daughter of God. And the same way that Jesus cried out, Abba, Father, we now get to do that. Okay, here's the thing about Scripture. That is 100% true. All Scripture is 100% true. But you will most likely only see it manifest in your life if you agree with it. How many of you, when you got saved, not all your problems went away? Listen, if you, if you, you, this, this is where we co-labor with God. The is true, but if you wanna see that manifest in your life, you actually have to partner with God and believe it. You can be a functioning saved Christian your whole life and function as an orphan. If you want to transfer over here and being a son or daughter, that takes intentionality and partnering with God. But that is, we have access to doing that. So imagine all, all the people in this room, let's say we're a giant orphanage. I don't know if you've ever been around an orphanage, but it's, they're thinking about their next meal no one's dreaming. Everyone's, they're, posi- they're hoarding their possessions because they don't want to get stolen. They don't know how to communicate. They don't know how to act. They don't know how to eat food together. It's, it's awful. It's so sad. Now imagine all of us are in that place, and God the Father comes and takes us all, adopts us, and puts us into his kingdom, into his palace, and he gives us unlimited resources and access to everything. You know what that would look like? Chaos. I'd be, like, trying to steal lamps and, like, I'm going to just, there's food here. I'm just going to get all the food. I'm going to save it for tomorrow. I'm just going to take what's mine. I'm not worried about what you get. I'm just worried about what I get. You guys follow my picture, what I'm saying? It would look like total chaos. That's what we look like in Christianity. God loves our mess. I'm just saying we're all figuring out what is it like to function in this kingdom. Okay, so I, I don't have to steal in this kingdom. The Father's got me. Okay, he's going to protect me. No one's going to come in and rob my home. We would just start thinking differently. We'd start thinking from a place of sonship if we hung around God in this way. That's good. Can I get an amen? So listen, you can be, you can have billions of dollars and still function with a lack-poverty mindset. It's a posture of heart. How many of you uh know the brand Lululemon? Really only five people in here know the brand How many of you know Lululemon brand? Guys, it's 2019. <laughs> if you go anywhere, every woman you see is wearing Lululemon. Um, it is a sporting brand with the, you know the the tight pants that women wear. Those are typically called Lululemon pants. Um It's fascinating. I heard a podcast with uh, the guy who started that brand. He started it from nothing. Uh, literally started selling like surf shorts and it just uh, evolved into this billion dollar business. And he didn't know how to describe this, but in the podcast, he literally saying the first time he sold some, the first time he sold some of his company, he said, my wife and I, we never had anything and I didn't know how to manage it. I just wanted to hold what I had. And he lost like a huge portion of it. And literally about five years later, the same thing happened. He's no longer, he has no ownership in the company. And he he literally is describing the poverty spirit. He's like, I, I was just so scared to lose it. I didn't know what to do. And people just overtook it. And it's this, I mean, he's still probably worth a billion dollars. But you can be at that place, again, it's not about money, but you can be at that place and still function from a poverty mindset. I, I when I, The way I grew up. Uh, I'm telling on myself here, my, my poverty mindset. How many of you, whenever you'd like go to the friend's house whose parents had money and they'd take you to a store and that you figure out that they're paying and you'd grab more than you would if your parents were paying? <laughs> <laughs> that, that's the poverty mindset. <laughs> um, when I first started shopping at Whole Foods or anywhere that there'd be samples and you're like kind of like taking like <laughs> six samples and like putting them in your pocket, you know, and like feeling okay about it, Th- that, that would be the poverty mindset. How many of you, uh, when you see a sale rack, you just, you run straight to the sale rack and try to get as much as you can out of it? Is that only me with my LSU shirts? (laughs) I have like a, I I have this thing with buying LSU Nike polo shirts. (laughs) I can't, it's like an addiction. I can't stop it, I need your prayer. But I will only find them on sale uh, because I'm functioning in the poverty mindset, (laughs) no. No, I, I'm being funny, but, but listen, it's, it's the interesting thing is, is that you can be functioning in the poverty mindset and, and only look for sales. You can also be functioning in a wealth mindset and also just looking for sales. What is your heart's posture? Listen, I go to Whole Foods now. Whole Foods is more expensive. Hopefully no one who works at Whole Foods listens to this. I'll take a sample now and I do it out of, I understand what they're trying to do with their customers and because I shop here, I'm gonna take a sample. Four years ago when I did it, it was from a bad place. It's just my journey with God where I'm at. Maybe in two years he'll tell me to change that. But I, you guys with me, it's a heart's posture. It's not about an amount. So what I want to do here is actually go through some characteristics of um, – how did this – did you put this up here? <laughs> did God just manifest paper on here? Did you really do that? I was literally thinking, oh my God, it's manna from heaven. (laughs) (laughs) With my, oh, cool, my my iPad's back on, but I love you, babe. I was just gonna wing it. I love it. It's so good. All right, let's do this. So, um, yeah, let's let's go with this. All right, so again, I'm gonna read some of these characteristics, and I want you to know that I'm talking about myself, thinking about the poverty mindset. And wherever you are in this, it's okay, we're all on our journey. We're all in our process of coming out of this and getting into a place of sonship with God. Okay, so I apologize. My notes are all over the place here. Oh, it's front and back. Okay, Mike, why don't you go ahead and put up the poverty mindset. Here we go. I found it. Okay, uh, first characteristic of the poverty mindset is that you're always thinking in lack Um, here's some just notes I have for it. I've already calculated the ways I will not be able to make it in my mind or I've already limited my dreams to fit what I can currently budget. This is a mindset where you're constantly thinking and lack. Look, if you could follow me here. Here's the problem. Whenever I have a dream or a prophetic word or what the Bible says and this is what God says we're going to do, and then I look at my natural logical budget and they don't align. How many of you know what I'm talking about? The way you respond in that moment is the number one tell of which mindset you're functioning in. Uh, That is the moment, especially if you're in lack. How your heart responds to, there's not enough, but I trust that this is going to work out. That's if you're functioning like a son or daughter. We cannot be Christians who are always thinking in terms of lack because Jesus didn't think like that. Okay, the next one. Poverty mindset hides you. You hide behind circumstances. You actually don't want to be promoted because everyone will look to you for resources or wisdom. You keep others at a distance and subconsciously blame it on your lack. Am I the only one who's like, oh gosh, I'm I'm being found out right now? (laughs) Okay, uh, victim mentality. You become a victim to everything. Everything happens to you. You don't happen to it. You convince yourself that someone is always the problem. You don't search internally or look to God to better yourself because someone else is always at fault. This is potentially the biggest red flag. If you think that someone else, listen to me very clearly. This is the absolute foundation of the poverty mindset. If someone else is the root of your problem, you are functioning as a victim and not as a son. Your spouse, doesn't matter what they did. Your pastor, your boss, your mom, your dad, they are not the reason you're in your position. Even if you got completely messed over, you are still a son of God and you can live from victory. When you're 22 and you're going through inner healing for what your parents did for you, that's appropriate. If you're doing it at 40, you need to stop looking back and go this way. Let's win. Let's not be 60 talking about what happened to us when we were two. Can we do that? Good. You are a victim to nothing. Nothing. If you have blame in your heart towards anyone for anything, you're not functioning in a wealth mindset. I mean anything. You are in charge of your life. No one is big enough to control you. You've put yourself in that position. Don't be a victim. Amen? Amen. Okay, um, it fights to hold others down. You don't want others to do well because that means they take your piece of the pie. You try and keep people in your victim mentality because misery loves company. Okay, you, you, uh, when you think in terms of lack, here's what we think. If someone else is successful, they're going to take mine. So I can't celebrate someone else because there's only so much. Jesus didn't think like that. I'm going to talk to you about um, a pie analogy. Look at this piece of pie up there. Boom. There's only one piece left. What are we going to do? All right. This is how we think. Let's say there's five people and there's five pieces of pie. What is the, l- if, if there's five people in me and there's five pieces of pie, and if they all get a piece, what does that logically say to me? I don't get any. Right? Well, if all five of you get a piece and there's only five pieces left, that means I'm left in lack. Okay, that is a logical way of thinking. But I'd like to encourage you, God has unlimited pies. Oh, look, they got all their piece. I'm going to go get a whole new pie with God. (coughs) I'm going to bring it back out. God has unlimited pies. If you think someone's blessing, anointing, gifting, parenting skills, whatever it is, takes something from you, you're thinking that there's only so much pie God has unlimited pies like the bakery of God just shuffles out pies <laughs> can I get an amen that's, that's good okay um, money flees from you you seem to not be able to manage money budgeting is difficult you feel enslaved to money you work for money it doesn't work for you you will most likely spend too much at Christmas time and not know why Money is not a tool. It's an idol in this mindset. Okay, uh, next one on this. So complaining and bitterness. Gossip hangs around the poverty mindset. Complaining seems to draw some form of sympathy and agreement with other like-minded victim people. Bitterness makes you feel powerful and in control. But in God's economy, the squeaky wheel doesn't get the grease. The one whose stewards does. Complaining invites more problems. If you are complaining about anything, listen, anything, you are functioning in a poverty mentality. I'm not kidding. I'm not saying you can't look at a problem. I'm not, saying, I'm not saying be naive. I'm saying look at the problem for what it is and think, okay, how are we gonna fix this? Not, I'm just gonna sit here and complain. Listen, in Christianity, gossip runs rampant because of what someone else does and we feel righteous about talking bad about someone else. And it's completely toxic. And it destroys everything. And it's just this poverty victim thing that gets going. It is so common. It's, it's completely nauseating. Complaining broadcast to everyone around you that you're not powerful and you can't fix a problem. I just want to complain about it. I don't want to do anything about it. Let's just sit on the side and point. Listen, get in the game. <laughs> don't complain. Get in the game. What do you not like? Fix it. Fix it or get off. Don't just sit and complain. You Merit anything you can think of. You have the ability to fix it. Don't just sit on the sideline and complain. <laughs> I have to move on. <laughs> we'll be here till 2 o'clock, and Kids Church will not be happy with me, and I need to have them keep trusting me. All right, and this is the last one for the Poverty mindset. Right? So there's never enough. No matter what you do, there will never be enough. This puts you on the defense from everything. Always thinking in lack makes you think. That there's never enough all right how many of you this is yucky right we don't like this when you heard that if you felt some conviction that's the holy spirit not (laughs) landing uh we just need to get out of this mindset right you guys with me how many of you want your children to grow up and not have this mindset that starts with you and i (laughs) we got to model it not teach it for them okay i'm not talking about money doesn't matter how much money you have you can still model this all right how many of you would like to live in a wealth mindset Wealth, can we clap it up for a wealth mindset? (laughs) All right, so let's look at the wealth mindset. All right, go ahead, Mike. Yeah, you can go to the first one. So the first one is anxious about nothing. This is when you're functioning as someone who knows that they're a son and daughter and is functioning from a place of wealth. I don't think anything will be taken from me. It's big. And if it is, I have unlimited resources. I don't need to hide or hoard any of my belongings because there's more. I'm not worried about the next steps of life, because I know he will take care of me. You want to know the most irresponsible, crazy verse in the Bible is when Jesus says, do you see the lilies in the field? They don't even do anything, and I take care of them. (laughs) Everything in the gospel, steward, 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 steward. he's talking about it in this context. Don't worry about things. I got it. I want you to be like a flower in the field. Guys, that's what we're going to talk about on Tuesday night. (laughs) functioning like a lily in the field <laughs> and the lily of the valley and we're going to use prophetic language to describe it all i'm joking we're not going to do that guys but hey we're not anxious about tomorrow tomorrow's got enough of its own i'm not worried about tomorrow okay you are enveloped in grace i fully grasp that what i have is because someone else paid for it i can stu- this is big i can steward with a fierceness yet hold it lightly because all i have is his i am always walking thankfulness for his unmerited favor listen if you think you're the one accomplishing it all you're going to keep revving that engine you're going to get exhausted you're going to pass out when you know that it's all by his grace and you're stewarding your life it it leads to uh you get higher rate of return you're not as exhausted and you actually get to engage with god um sorry hold on a second what's what's the next one mike Money serves you. Okay. Yeah. um, So money serves you. So money serves my vision. I don't serve it. I use resources as a tool to accomplish everything the Father has for me. I tell resources what to do. They don't tell me what to do. Trust is a higher currency than money in the kingdom. I apply faith to my finances. What has God called you to do? We're not chasing a dollar. We are functioning from a place of stewardship and what God has asked us to do. And money should serve the vision that God has for our life. okay um, next, uh, wealth mindset knows God as a provider. I ultimately know where my income is coming from. my boss doesn't dictate my income, my internal world and my obedience to the Father does. Do you know that your boss doesn't dictate your money? Okay, I can't afford to withhold. I grasp generosity. I delight in giving because I have too much to keep it all myself. <coughs> I am blessed to bless others. How many of you heard that when you were like four years old? You're blessed to bless others, and I'd be like, come on, man. <laughs> That's like the biggest Christian jargon stuff I've ever heard in my life, and i would like, eh, it's actually true. <laughs> they were right out along on that one. Uh, we truly are all the favor, blessing, and gifting on your life is not for you. It's for everyone around you. If you could live with a posture where, God, you've got to accomplish everything you've put on my life because I need the other people around me to thrive. Imagine that mindset. Not getting what you want, but thinking, gosh, Baton Rouge has got to thrive. My family has to thrive. My my friends at church have to thrive. My friends at work have to thrive. It's like I've got to, not in a heavy way, in a stewardship way, I've got to become what God's called me to become because I want to serve everyone around me that's 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 really big okay um wealth mindset knows that opportunities are common once in a lifetime opportunities are normal i don't need to take every positive thing that comes my way because i know there'll be more get rich quick schemes are not appealing but a life of stewardship is exciting it's easy to say yes and easy to say no that's a big one in a wealth mindset you know what you're saying yes to, and what you're saying no to. And the last one on the wealth mindset is that it enjoys responsibility. I enjoy stewarding so I can manage more of what the father has for me. I enjoy stewarding so I can manage more of what the father has for me. How many of you are like, found yourself somewhere in the middle in some mix of both? You know, we're always in this journey of like going from poverty over to wealth. I'll be 100% honest with you. I, 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 this is not a joke. I don't know someone. I don't know anyone who was more entrenched in the poverty mindset 10 years ago than myself. It sounds crazy because from a socioeconomic standpoint, it didn't look that way. But I was just so filled with lack. I just thought everything's gonna run out. It's not gonna work. <coughs> Nothing's gonna work. I have to hoard. I, it's all on my own. And God's just pulling me into this place of being a son. This sermon had nothing to do with money, everything to do with a heart's posture towards God. I want to close with this. Here's why this really matters to me. I mentioned this last week. We, our city, from a numbers standpoint, looking at the rest of the country and our state, is is at the bottom of most characteristics. Thank God for Mississippi. said that last week I can tell who wasn't here because you laughed uh, I'm just kidding um, no guys look we, we we've got a lot to do and, and here's the thing here's just what I want to leave you with if we're gonna be people who'd really dream and really accomplish everything that God has for our city we cannot be functioning in an orphan poverty mindset how many of you want to see no more racism no more poverty, no more sex trafficking. Our public school system changed. Everyone wants to see all that stuff, right? How about traffic? I kid you not, there are cities in America who have worse traffic problems than us and they've been able to fix them. We need to fix our traffic problems. And we can't be thinking and lack if we're gonna accomplish all that we have to be people who are dreaming really big. Being in the poverty mindset, it 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 cr- it cuts the legs off of dreaming. I can't dream too big. I'm going to dream within my budget. That guys that's that's what the enemy wants. God is calling us to be people who live in a wealth mindset who dream really 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 big. Can I get an amen? All right, cool. Josh, you can come on up. I'm going to just pray for a couple minutes on this subject. Um, hey, what I'd like to do is uh I'm going to pray for us, but just individually, we're just going to go before God. And listen, so I, I don't know everyone's walk in life, but um, hey, when we talk about repenting, I, I don't mean that in a way that like God wants to be heavy on you and like um, punish you. The word repent means to change the way you think. Go before God and say, God, help me change the way I think. Help me not think like this anymore. I want to go the other way. I don't want to think like this. Um, cause just be really honest. How many of you have struggled with the poverty mindset? How many of you don't want to struggle with the poverty mindset? Cool. So we're just going to spend about five minutes just going before God. This is what I encourage you to do in, in your own place before God right now. Um, this is going to sound funny, but tell him you're sorry that you haven't trusted him. The reality is living a surrendered life is living a life where you actually trust that he's going to do what he said he's going to do. And so whatever that looks like for you to just go before Jesus and talk to him about, about wanting to be a son and daughter and start functioning from a wealth mindset, I would just encourage you to do that right now. So Jesus, I pray right now that this would be a moment where you would engage with our hearts. And God, we don't want to be people who function from being an orphan. We want to be people who function from being sons and daughters. So Holy Spirit, I pray that you come right now and just encounter our hearts on this subject. Those of you who maybe, hoard you you hold on to things and you think that things are gonna run out, or you have to like keep sustaining something, just literally give it to Him as a gift, whatever that is, whether it's your income, uh, a certain relationship. You're frightened that you have to hoard, save material possessions. Just give that to Jesus as a gift. Um, if you even own a business and you feel like you've got to hold it yourself i mean it could be at any level just give him that gift as a way of just saying i trust you Romans 2:11 says for God does not show favoritism. It's really important that we we don't just cap off this mindset of Thanks for listening to the sermon of the week. For more information about this podcast and other resources, visit cedarhousechurch.com.